I knew usually when we have baptism and we're moving back and forth between buildings and things, time, it comes time for the, the message. There's not a, a whole lot of time left, but I said, what, what can I do? What can I do to help these two that have been baptized today and, and help us? Because, you know, once we make that commitment to follow Christ and give him our life and then we follow him in believer's baptism, there's some things that, that we're to do. And I think maybe we, we kind of drop the ball on that from time to time. We, we hope that through our Sunday school and through Sunday night uh, uh, Bible studies that we have, preaching and, and all those things, that we will disciple you to help you know more about God. But sometimes, um, sadly, we see folks come to know Christ and baptize, and it's almost like they think, well, okay, I got that done. And, and that's what I've been trying to tell Melanie and, and Brianna, that this is just kind of a starting point now. Get me, don't get me wrong, they have got the most important thing done in the world. They have accepted Christ as their Savior. And uh, he has written their name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And uh, just as I was talking to Janice Kelly, she's not able to be here today because she was working. But uh, she came in about 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon and said, could you show me how to be saved? And I, I kind of looked at her like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. And so and I told her when she prayed to receive Christ, I said, your name has been written down. He has adopted you into his family, and he don't have an eraser on his pen. He will never take you out of his book. And she said, he don't have any of that, that whiteout, does he? I said, no, he don't have any of that. He, it's, you're always his. And so I want Brianna and Melanie to know that you are always his, and he will never disregard you. He will never kick you out of the family. But, but what we want to know today is, what do we do now? I'm sure they're sitting there going, okay, that, that was good. You know, they were a little nervous this morning, as you can imagine, and uh, getting up in front of everybody and going under the water and getting up all wet and everything. But they were smiling, man, the smiles and the, 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 just the tears of joy uh, that from mom and them is just, it's just a beautiful picture. But I, I know they're sitting there going, out. now what do I do, you know, what, what's next? And so that's what I wanted to kind of share with you today, five things of what we do next after we get baptized. And guys, we can all apply these and maybe you go, you know what, I've been baptized a long time and I'm not doing some of these things. And so maybe it will help you too. So let's look at our first verse this morning. It's in 1 Peter. And I, first of all, I wanted to kind of just talk about what, what that baptism symbolizes. Um, we believe that, that, that Christ and his salvation is all in Christ. Uh, the water didn't save them this morning, but it, 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 it showed the world that I am saved. I have believed in Christ Jesus, and he is my Lord and Savior. And that was, I told them that was their first big testimony, that I belong to Jesus now. Uh, I'm kind of on his side, you might say, in our language today. And I want everybody to know that, and they've done that today, and that's a great step in what we call believer's baptism. I believed in Christ, and now I'm going to follow him in baptism. And that baptism, it wasn't just dunking them under the water. It was symbolizing something. It was that they had been buried. They went under the water and buried to their old way of life, and they arose to a brand new life. And then you see them take those steps and climb up those steps, and now they're going to walk toward Christ and walk for God, for the rest of their life. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And just that little boom, boom, and out, there's lots of words, lots of word pictures there. We've heard all our life that a, uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. That's probably worth about 20 million words right there as we give that baptism. First Peter says it like this, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by what? By the water? No, by that water we drew from the, 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 the lines of Kaiser? No, it's, it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that tells us where the salvation comes from. It comes from the resurrection. When Christ came out of that grave, God said, My son, what you did on the cross was done perfectly. You took and hung on an old rugged cross 
for all these people, for all the people that had ever been born and ever will be born. You took their place, and because you paid the price of sin that happened way back in the garden that everybody just inherits, and we just come out of the womb and we have sin in us, guys. It just, we don't figure it out someday. It's just the way we are. And I've told you many times, I haven't had to teach my little girls how to lie or anything. They just kind of know how to do it because we have that in us, all right? But when Christ came out of that grave, God raised him from the dead and said, look at what my son done. It is a received sacrifice. It is a perfect sacrifice. And now all that will come to me through my son, through his blood, can have eternal life and can have their sins forgiven. And I say amen to that. Amen? And so that's what we see this morning. It's not the removal of dirt. I mean, I could, I could dunk Melanie and, and Brianna. You know, they need a bath every day if they're like my girls, you know, after that softball game or whatever. You know, you can dunk in the water a whole bunch, but that, that's not, it's not removing anything. It's, it's just a symbol. It symbolizes what Christ did on the cross. And so it's a very beautiful picture. And also, I believe when they come out of that water this morning, I've heard people tell me before that's been baptized, this is the best I've ever felt in my life. Not that there's magical powers in that water, but that Christ has got a hold of your life and your soul and has saved it and cleaned it and washed you white as snow. And kind of like what Brother Ron said, we had that old dirty jacket on, that old dirty robe from our sins, and Christ just takes a brand new, clean, righteous robe, and he removes and takes away the dirty robe and puts a brand new white robe on you, and he puts that robe of righteousness on you. And when you stand before God someday, you will be there righteous, not because we're great people, but because we received the blood of Jesus Christ to our sin, and he forgave us, and we can stand before Jesus righteous in Jesus Christ. And so it's, it's wonderful to know those things, and that's what they represented today. So very quickly, let's get into our five things. Uh, next screen, five things for you to do after baptism. What next? Our first thing, love the Lord with your whole being, all right? And they asked Jesus, said, what is the greatest commandments? They were kind of trying to trap him. And he said, there's two, two great commandments, all the commandments. If you look back in Exodus 20, and they're also in Deuteronomy again, You'll look back there, and you put, if you wanted to kind of summarize all those commandments, Jesus said, here's what you'd say. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, heart, soul, and mind. And then we're going to get to the next one next, and then love your neighbors yourself. He said, all the commandments are folded over into those two things. And so what I would tell these young ladies this morning, what I'd tell all of you, and, all, and me too that have been baptized, let's just love Jesus with everything we've got. I mean, you want, you want to know more about him? You want to read his word, guys? You've got to get in his word. You've got to read about it. We talked about it in our youth class this morning, that if we just kind of look at the words on the page and say, I read my Bible today, but we don't apply it, it doesn't do us any good. We can read a manual all day on how to save a life, how to give CPR or whatever, but if we don't learn how to give CPR and our loved one's laying there on the ground dying and if we could administer CPR to them and save their life, it's not going to do us any good if we read the book if we never applied it and learned how to do it. And so... I would, I would suggest to them, learn more about Jesus every day. Love him with all that you've got. Just, you want so much of him that you just can't stand it. You can't wait to get back to church. You can't wait to, to go to a Bible study or, or get your word out. Or you can't wait to pray, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But, but love him with all that you've got. The verse says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That, that's all of you. I mean... I've read before about the word study of that, and it's like until it hurts, you know, until you just, you know, you know, you know those crushes that you have? Don't, don't tell nobody, but Brianna's got a new boyfriend, you know, and it was on Facebook. And, uh, and so I know that every time she sees him now, she's going, ooh, you know. 
It's just beautiful. And I'm embarrassing her like crazy right now. But, you know, you remember that first love? And, oh, you, you know, back in the day, guys, us old people, we didn't have cell phones. We had that, that, that one phone in the kitchen, you know, and it had that nine-foot cord. And we'd try to sneak in the closet and talk on that phone. <clears throat> and, and we would talk to each other. And, and, oh, you just get giddy, you know. And I love you. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. You know, and we would just talk, you know. And, and we just, oh, I, I can't wait to see her, you know. Me and Dana first started dating. Oh, man, I just, you know, I, I would cut class early. Just go see where she's at, you know. I just had to be with her, you know. And, guys, on a much grander scale than that, we should just want to be in love with Jesus. Amen. We just can't wait to be with him. And, and, and the great thing about Jesus, he's wherever you are. You don't have to go looking for him. He can be right there before you take that last and close them eyes at night. When you wake up in the morning, first thing, he's there. He goes with you to school. He goes with you to the ball field, to, the, to whatever activities you like doing while you're doing your homework. Jesus can be there while you're at work, while you're with the family. Jesus can be there. And guys, just fall head over heels in love with Jesus. And it just, just, I just can't get enough of him. Don't feel like I've learned all I've got saved now. I've got it all down. You're just starting to, to learn about the wonders and the grace of Jesus. I've been at this, uh, I told him I've been saved at, at nine years old, <clears throat> and pretty soon I'll be <clears throat> 54. And, uh, and, and it's, just, it's just as real. And, and, but I, every time, guys, I open up his word to study for a sermon for you guys, I learn something new. And it, it may be a verse that I've read a hundred times in my life, but, but God just, he just shows something new out of that word. And it's, it, this word is amazing like that. It is an amazing book. It, it just never gets old. You can read the same chapter or the same verse or the same book a hundred times, and you will learn something new every time you read it. And so, guys, let me just suggest to you, love Jesus with all you've got, man. Just, just keep loving him. Don't be afraid to stand up for him. Don't be afraid to, to speak out for him. So, number one, I'd say, love Jesus with all you've got. Number two, and that's the second part of that, love others more, all right? And I'm not saying love others more than Jesus, but love others more than you did yesterday. Guys, if anything could fix our world today, it would be loving each other more, amen? We, we've just got so angry with each other, and we're so mad at each other, and we tell each other off on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. I told him in class this morning, we love ourselves, don't we? Man, I, I love people to take care of me. I love Dana to fix my dinner and bring it to me in my easy chair. She does it every once in a while, Steve. Not too often, but once in a while. You know, she keeps me humble. You get it yourself tonight. I said, okay. You know, and so, you know, so I do that. But, you know, she, she loves me, and I love to be felt. I, I love to be loved, and, and you do too. And, guys, I'm telling you, and this is kind of old cliche, but it's so real. What the world needs now is love. They need to know we love them. We need to know that, they need to know that God loves them. And so, you know, it's real easy to tell somebody off or be mad at somebody or gossip about something, somebody. But now that you know Jesus and you've been baptized, our first thought is, I want to love them people. And, and I told him this morning, you know, not everybody, not everybody kind of, you, you really don't want to love everybody sometime, you know? And I'm, I'm not saying everybody's not lovable because you can love them and they may not love you back. But they may be, you know, leave me alone or get out of my yard or, you know, it's kind of gripey people, you know? kind of hard to get along with, but you know what? We can still love them. We can still show them the love of God. And you know, maybe they don't love because they've never known the author of love. Maybe they don't know Jesus yet. And you know, amazing thing that we forget sometimes as Christians, 
Lost people act like lost people. You're not going to act like you know Jesus if you don't know him. And so we that know him must live in a way, not that look at me, I'm greater than you. No, no, no. But live in a way that we show the love of Jesus. And they go, I need that in my life. That's what I want. And I would encourage these two young ladies to live in such a way that when people see you, they go, man, them girls are just different. They're not disrespectful. They're, they're kind. They, they, they just got a, a presence about them. And when they say, why do you do that? You say this, girl, say, it's because I know Jesus. You give all glory to him. And all of us are like that, guys. We are to be living that life and, and giving all glory to God and, and just loving him. And, and it's what David Platt said last week in our study. If you can make that day at five, I know you'd love it. It's very convicting, but I know you would love it. But he said, the main goal in our life as Christians are to be to please God. You know, to please God. Think about that a minute. Is that the main goal in my life? Or is it to make more money or put more money in for retirement or take my kids here or there? And all those are good things. Don't get me wrong. But as Christian people, our main goal in life should be to please God. To please God. And so when we love others more and show that love of God to them, that pleases God. We was talking about Christ being the supreme example this morning. It's amazing how our lesson went right along with this this morning. Didn't plan that, but it, it did, but God did. And, and, you know, we were talking about all the things that God does for us and, and just knowing people and, and loving people and, and showing that love and, and showing a world that so desperately needs to know God as their Savior. And it just makes a huge difference when we apply what God says in his word. So, Number one, love God with all you have, ladies, and all of you, all of us, and love your neighbors yourself. Number three, pray and follow. The most powerful weapon tool that we have in our toolbox is prayer. It, it will take you to places that you never dreamed that you could go. It will, it will humble you before God. It will let you talk to your Father, your Heavenly Father. You can talk to Him anytime, any place, anywhere. It doesn't have to be a long, elegant prayer. It can be. It can be many hours of prayer. We probably don't spend enough time on our knees in this country today. But it can be a very short prayer. Lord, I just need your help right now. And I mean just pray to him about everything. People say, well, you don't pray if you want a new coat or you don't pray for him if you want an A on your test. He says to bring me everything. Just pray about everything. And that's going to be, that's going to please God. Because what you're doing is say, Lord, I need your opinion. I need, well, not your opinion. I need your guidance on this. Sometimes we, we do ask, ask his opinion and go our own way, don't we? Ooh, that's, that's really true. I say, Lord, I need your guidance on this, this time in my life, and I'm just praying to you. I want to talk to you. And he loves to hear from his children. Grandmas and grandpas, you love to hear from your grandkids. You better believe it. You love to hear from your kids. You better believe it. How much more does God love to hear from his children? Did you talk to him this week? Did you visit with him? Did you take time from all the craziness of the world and just sit still and say, Lord, I just want to talk to you a minute. I just want to share with you what's going on. And I know you know, but I know you said to pray and come to you and you love to hear from me and I need to hear from you right now. And ladies and, and all of you, there's no more powerful thing that we've got that God has equipped us with than the power of prayer. And, and you know, there's sometimes... Me and Fred have talked about this a lot, Brother Fred. There's sometimes we don't even know how to pray. And the Bible says at that point, the Holy Spirit just takes over and prays for us. Isn't that a beautiful picture of how much he cares for us and how much he wants to hear from us? Because there's, be, there's going to be sometimes you go, 
You know, I, I've been to those times before girls in my life where I just go, God, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what to pray here. I, I want to pray, but I don't know really what the right way to pray is. And so I just say, Lord, I just pray that your will be done. I pray your will be done because as I pray many times, you hear me here at the church, he, he knows everything. He knows the perfect way to attack it. He knows the perfect way to, to make it all work. But he also knows the perfect timing. A lot of times when I get on my knees, I want an answer before I get up off my knees. Y'all like that? Amen? I want him to answer it right then. But I think all of us could go back to that time when God didn't answer right then, or he didn't even answer the prayer the way we prayed it. He answered it in a totally different way. But when we look back at it, it was perfect. He answered it in a perfect way. And so I pray that we will continue to do that. So girls, pray, and then follow. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple. You know what a disciple is? That's a follower of Jesus. You're gonna, you want to you know what, the, what the, 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 the teacher's teaching. He's teaching you, and Christ teaches us through the word, through messages, through Bible study, through Sunday school. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Now, I know they're kind of thinking, whoa, wait a minute. Take up a cross? Christ has asked us to follow him no matter the cost. And that's the hardest part. Amen? That's the hardest part, girls. Because there's going to be a day when you're going to stand up for the Lord and people may make fun of you. They may ridicule you. They may laugh at you. But you just keep standing for the Lord. Because he will never let you down. He will not fail you. I, I just can't get past this verse that we read Wednesday night in Titus 1-2. We serve a God that cannot lie. Just dwell on that for a minute. We serve a God that cannot lie. He, cannot, he can't do it. It's not in him. Many people say, why do you follow God? Why do you trust Jesus? Why do you go to church? You know, all those questions you get, you just tell them, because I serve a God that cannot lie to me. And when I read it in this book, I know it's going to happen. He says he's coming back someday. It's going to happen. He says if I go through Jesus Christ, if I go through the blood of his son, I can be in heaven someday with him. It's going to happen if I do that. He's a God that cannot lie. And you just keep trusting God. Because there's going to be days it's not as easy. The crowd always wants to take you a different direction. Sometimes it's very lonely standing up for the Lord. Sometimes you've got to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I guarantee you, I mean, it might be one in one million, but there's not going to be very many of us that has nails in our hands and feet saying that. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We may have our feelings hurt. They may have said something about us or whatever, and it, it hurts. Don't get me wrong. We should, we should never do that. But I'm telling you, what we have to suffer, the cross that we take up, never seems to be quite as difficult as the cross that Jesus took up. Because he paid the price for all of humanity. Can you imagine all the sin that's ever been committed? You just think about, I, I think about just the sin in my life, and that's ugly enough. But you think about all the sin that's ever been committed, and it was just heaped upon Jesus at one time. Not, not to that point. But all the sin back from that and all the sin forward from that came back. And God just put it all on him at one time. The ugliness, the abuse, the murder, the crime, the destruction. You just think how ugly the news is today. And all that was heaped upon Jesus. You talk about a cross that was not easy to bear. Jesus Christ, he bore that cross. 
And he asked us to take up our cross. And I think it's more of a, a I surrender all thing, like we sang this morning. He put that cross on our shoulder and we go, I'm following Jesus. I'm a follower. I'm a disciple. I'm taking this cross as a representation of what, my, what the one man I'm following has done. And I want to follow in his steps. And guys, that's not easy to say. It's not easy to say, even if it costs me my life, I'm going to follow God. And guys, I'm telling you, I'm not so sure. I used to think we'll never face stuff like that, but I'm not so sure as we might not face that in our lifetime. And I'm really worried that my girls may have to face that in their lifetime, where someone will say, do you believe in the Lord? And if you do, I'm fixing to kill you. Guys, we need to know where we're grounded. We need to know where our foundation is. And we need to be anchored in Jesus Christ. It's very, very important. And guys, I, I don't want you to think, man, now I'm baptized, everything's going to go well, and I don't want to have any more problems, and everything's going to be great in my life. I'm never going to suffer any sickness or pain or death. It's still going to come your way because we live in a sinful world. I wish I could remove all that from y'all's lives. But now you have God to take you through it and help you through it. And he will never leave you or forsake you. He will never leave you by yourself. And there's people across this room this morning that can say amen to that because they've seen it happen in their life time and time again. And so you never stop believing in Jesus Christ. He will, he will help you. He will help you. Whoever wants to be my disciple, go back one more minute, one second, I'm sorry. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Now that you've been saved and baptized, he wants you to follow him. He wants you to know about him. Here's how we, here's how we know about our leader. This is, our, this is all about our leader. This book's all about him. From the front to the back, it's all about him. And he's saying over and over and over in this book, trust me. Just trust me. Trust me, and I'll take care of you. Number four, tell your story. You tell people that you know Jesus. And that's all, that's all times, you know, that's a little tense sometimes. How are they going to react to this? There's some of us old knuckleheads been saved a long time. We're still going, how are they going to react if I start telling them about my story, about Jesus? And you know what? Everybody's got a story. If you're saved, you've got a story. You've got a story about the day you come to know him as Savior. You know what? It kind of led up to that. It might have been something as simple as I went to a Sunday school class when I was seven years old or eight years old, or, and, and the Lord saved me, and, and I've been with him, and you know, he's just loved me ever since. You may have one of those extravagant stories and those difficult stories that, uh, you know, I went all the different ways in my life, kind of like a prodigal son or daughter type thing, and I was over here and doing that and doing this, and and addictions and all those things that we've seen last Sunday, but God saved me. You know, it, it can be a whole variety of stories. And, and listen, don't, don't feel like, some people say, well, my, my testimony's not all, that, not all that big a deal. You know, I just found Jesus and he saved me. <laughs> Guys, praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. That's your story. Nobody's got your story but you. He gave us this command, and it's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not if you want to. It's not if you feel like it. He said, this command I give to you. When you get a command, when I command my girls to do something, if you don't do that, ask Abby, there's consequences, all right? When I command, I, I'm king daddy when commands come. You know, I ask her, who's king around here? And she said, you are daddy, you know. Kind of makes me feel good once in a while, you know. But, you know, you command. God commanded us to do this. And he commanded this. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. There's kind of that love in others baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, 
Holy Spirit, y'all done that this morning, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Aren't you glad about that last part, that he's with us to the very end of the age? But tell your story. Let me, let me share with all of us. Continue to tell your story. Well, Brother Todd, I don't know if I can tell anybody how to be saved or not. I don't know if I know all those verses. I, I know there's some great verses in Romans, and I know there's some verses over in John, like John 3.16, but I, I'm afraid when I get in front of people, my mouth gets all dry, and I, I, I'm afraid I'll quote them wrong. And, and you know what? I just feel like when you go in there with the right heart, and, and you just you give God what you've got, God's going to take that, and they're going to hear what they need to hear. But listen, don't get so tied up that I have to know every Bible verse. Just tell them what God has done for you. That's a big deal. I, I can read to you all day long. I can read to you all day long. And there's great power in God's word. Don't get me wrong. He says, forever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you confess with your, with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he's risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I can quote them to you all day. But a lot of people like to know, well, how has it affected you? But has, has, has it made a difference in your life? Is it real in your life, or do you just talk about it? And guys, that's when you can share your story. That's where you can share your story. There's even websites where you can get on there and type your story. I get one every so often. Somebody read your story today. And it's, I did it 10, 12 years ago. I just type my, my, my story on there, how God saved me and what he's done in my life. And they'll put on there, if somebody read your story today, if they receive Christ, we'll let you know because of your story. But, but just getting your story out there. It's great to do that, guys. And I don't care if you've been baptized 25, 30 years. We need to still be busy telling our story about what God has done for us. Because now your story's way bigger. Amen? Melanie and, and, and Brianna's got a story, but it's kind of short right now. They got the best part, though. They're, they know Jesus. All right? But now, some of us that's been around, some of us older folks, We've got a story that's amazing because we can say, you know, God did something here. I remember him here. here. Here's a great point here that he did. Here's something, and right here he did something, and I can just see him guiding my, pe my feet as I walked in this life. You won't believe what Jesus can do for you. He showed it to me over and over. And we have such a story to tell to people. So now that you're baptized, love Jesus with all you got. Love others. Pray, follow Christ, tell your story. And the last one, stay homesick. Amen? Stay homesick. This world is not your home. And guys, it's okay to have nice things, and someday you ladies, you know, find that right guy, get married, have Trey and bring to all them grandkids, you know, they'll just love them to death. But guys, listen. As good as all that is, and it's great, this is not our home. This is not our home. And, and the problem is, the reason I say stay homesick, because when we get love in this world more than we love going home to be with the Lord, we kind of quit thinking about him. We quit trying to tell our story. We quit trying to follow. We quit praying as much as we should because we get so, we get so wrapped up in what I've got. Look what I have. And you might have a whole bunch of stuff. But you know what? The Bible says at the end of days, anything not done for Christ is going to burn up. It's just going to be like hay. You ever threw hay in a fire? Man, it don't take two seconds. It's burnt. It's gone. 
He said, it's just like hay and rubble. He said, only the things that you've done for Christ are going to last. Our, our verse says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. There is going to be troubles. There's going to be times when things aren't easy. There's going to be difficulties. But you just remember this. Guys, whatever I'm going through now, it is not even going to be a blip on the radar compared to how great it's going to be when we get home to be with Jesus someday. You just stay homesick, and I want to tell us all about that. Let's stay homesick. You sing, Henson's you sing a song, I'm just a little homesick to go. And man, just stay homesick. Because when we do that, we keep our eyes focused on our coming home, not on the things that we've got. And listen, God wants you to take care of things. He's going he's to balance it all out. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying forsake your family and all that. Don't, don't put words you know, in there that's not. But I'm just saying, don't get so wrapped up in life that you become like blinders on and you don't see what God's got for you out there. You just keep loving and taking care and, and doing those things. And I'm telling you, in the heart of these five things, if you'll do these five things, God will speak to you, you will grow in him, you will do the things you're supposed to do, and you will know that this was just a beginning point today, and then I've got all this out here to live for him and to show him how much I love him for what he's done for me and how much I love him for saving me. And this is the way we kind of do that. We don't work to get saved. He done all that work on the cross. We do that by grace. But now that we are saved, he, he, he said, there's some things I'd like for you to do. And when we do those things, he blesses them abundantly. And it pleases him. It pleases him. So, love him with all you got. Love your neighbor more than yourself. Pray and follow. That's kind of two in one, isn't it? Pray and follow. Tell your story. And stay homesick. And God will bless us all and be with us. Isn't it great that God has saved these two ladies? Let's give the Lord glory for that one more time, all right? Let's bow our head together just for a moment.